there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Traveling Shit. We're your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So, jumping right into this week, I want to talk about the cards in your wallet. Now, not necessarily um, credit cards or you know, cards of that nature. Although actually let me, this cord here is in the way. Let me write that down. Cause I think that'd be a good one for the future. A credit card episode with a discussion on points, how to rack up the best ones and which cards probably have like the best deals. I'm gonna definitely have somebody come on and talk about that because I am not gonna do that. I have already racked my brain trying to scan um, and figure out the best business credit card for me to apply for. And I'd rather just get an expert here because when it comes to me being very indecisive as I am, it makes it very difficult. So we'll get a professional for that one. But I'm referencing more cards that we use not necessarily every day, depending on, you know, what you do, but quite frequently and are either necessary for travel or make travel cheaper or more convenient. So to begin, let's start with your fucking passport. I just renewed mine. It expired May, I want to say 21, either May to, yeah, had to be May, 2021. And I was wildly surprised at how fast I got it back. I want to say I applied on like March 24th and by apply, pardon, that means I put it in the mailbox. I put, not the mailbox, I took it to the post office. I applied for an expedited passport. I also applied, uh, I also, no, I paid for it to be expedited. So I chose the expedited option, which said it would, I believe take five to seven weeks and then I also paid for the expedited return shipping, like that overnight or two-day shipping. And I also paid for the expedited shipping for it to get to the the office in like the next day or two days or something like that. I went Monday night and I think it was, was it around a holiday? No, because there's no holidays end of March. But either way, it ended up, getting there, they guaranteed it would be there by that Wednesday. Long and the short, first of all, I got it in like four weeks. It felt like three or four weeks and it was in my hand. I got it in early April. This is, you know, mid-April now. It's been here for weeks. Um, I will say that the application process was much easier than I actually expected it to be. I personally am not an application girl. I actually read uh, someplace on Twitter that phobia of applications is actually a thing. I wouldn't say that I have a phobia. I just have a strong disdain. They just make me uncomfortable because it brings me back to that oh so terrible time of applying for jobs when you spend all this time creating a resume, you upload your resume and then they proceed to ask you 17 pages of information that was on your fucking resume that you just uploaded, right? Um, 
that being said, I took a year to even get, and then also in my own defense, thank you very much. I didn't intend to travel in 2021 in the middle of COVID. So, um, I didn't really see the rush to have my passport sitting in an an administrative office or just an office in general and not know if there was even anybody there to receive it or to actually, um, process my request. I was also not certain, and I wish I'd just looked into it prior. In order to renew it, you only send in your past, like the old one, you send that in and they actually put like two really large holes in that bottom portion of the book that has the, uh, like your code, like your identification, like the barcode that they scan when you actually use your passport at the airport. So I assume that that's why they have you send it in so that they can make sure that they're deaf, that they know that it has been destroyed and it can't be used versus you just giving it to somebody else or being lost somewhere and someone traveling on your passport and it's not you. So the actual application I filled out online, you answer a bunch of questions and it tells you whether or not you are eligible to have your passport renewed by mail, which also, um, you can now, I don't know if it's applicable now or if it's still in beta, but you can renew your passport online. I'm going to try to include that link, of course, in the description box below. Um, and hold on, I got to write this down also. Um, so ideas are just coming to me. I love this. I love when ideas just hit me. Sorry that it's in the middle of recording the podcast, but all for your good as well. Trust me. Um, that was a good idea. But the application process is either currently available to do online or it'll be happening soon or it's a beta. It's one of the three. But if your passport is expiring soon within, let's say your passport doesn't expire for like another two years, it'll be ready by then. I can, Well, this is the government we're talking about. I would hope that before two years, um, you'll be able to do that online. I really think that honestly, without with the information not changing, why do I need to, you know what I mean? Either go like go to the mail, not to the mailbox, Jesus, to the post office to get this done. So I filled out the application online. You get asked a few questions. It's basically like a quick little survey so that they can tell whether or not you are eligible to renew your passport um, via mail or whether or not you have to go down to a facility like with your actual documents, like proof of who you are. So I was thankfully able to just renew it online. Excuse me. I was able to renew it the traditional way. I filled out the paperwork and sent all my shit in. I didn't have to go into the passport office to get that done. So I did it online and it was easily just printed as opposed to printing the application and filling out the application, which I initially did. I printed the application to handwrite it, but then I saw that there was a spot where you answer a couple of questions, put in your basic demographic, and it would populate the appropriate form for you and then basically generate a barcode and they detailed in the directions for doing all of this that once you put in whatever information there is 
that's it. Like don't make any changes because they're basically just scanning the barcode to get all of your information. So if you change something by hand, it's likely that that won't be caught or that'll be left out or there'll be some type of discrepancy and it will either um, slow down your application or it'll just fuck it up someplace or it just won't happen, whatever is handwritten. But I was happy to see that it was not as um, invasive of a process as I thought it would be. I don't know why I figured it would be so difficult to get done, but I filled it out, printed it up, and got it in the post office the next day. A month later, less than a month, I'd say. I'd, a month, oh, actually, no, less than a month, because I applied, it's over, it's, December is December. Jesus. It's April 21st. I'm recording. I'm actually, yes, I'm recording this on the Thursday that it's supposed to be out there. It's been a time girl. It's been a time. Sis has had a rough week, but, um, I'm here. It's a little late, but I'm getting into that being said, my passport application was a little late, but I got it done. And it was, March 23rd, 24th. And I got it back in the beginning of April. So very pleased with that process. I can't promise that will be your experience. However, I also heard a friend of mine, he and his fiance had done their applications and it got back to them in like three weeks. I think his fiance's can hers came back really quick. He says she had her shit in like three weeks. I remember another coworker I was talking to about uh, getting his passport passport for one of his kids. He said he, I remember talking to him about it. And then a couple of weeks later, he was just like, yeah, the passport came in. So at this stage in the game, at this point in early 2022, passports are getting processed at what may be, and mind you, again, this is the beginning of the year. This is not like peak travel season, I want to say. So that'll absolutely matter when you're applying for it. Um, but got mine in and I opted not to get a passport card because it is not valid for international travel. It's only valid for domestic travel. And the passport card would have just been a card I would never use because I also renewed my license to make it an enhanced ID. So you have the option of getting a real ID or an enhanced ID. I feel like the real ID doesn't have to be a driver's license, but I feel like the enhanced ID may have to be a driver's license. Either way, the enhanced ID allows you to cross land and sea borders the same way the passport card allows you to. Now I had to renew my uh, driver's license just because it expires my birthday of this year. And it didn't make sense for me to what I, well, let me, before I get into that, I will say that I knew that we would be taking a road trip into Canada and for boyfriend's birthday, I, we trade off planning birthday trips. Um, shout out to him for God bless him doing most of the work for his own birthday, just because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm gonna pay for it, but let's do what you want to do. He chooses the restaurants he chooses are just way better, way better. And so if he picks the food that he wants to eat, then we can figure out what area to stay in. And he's also just more familiar with the area. So give me some options. I got it. That being said, I knew that we would be 
likely not able because I was anticipating when the passport, I was expecting the passport to maybe not get to me until um, early May. He's got a mid-May birthday. So in my mind, I was like, all right, well, let me at least do the enhanced license since one, it had to be updated. Like I had to renew it. And you will be needing a year from now, as of May 3rd, 2023, only the enhanced or real ID will be accepted to get on a domestic flight, that means within the United States, or to enter certain federal buildings or military bases, unless you have a passport or another federally accepted form of ID. If you plan to travel, upgrade now. And that is directly from the, um, the website. So remember... As of May 3rd, 2023, this was supposed to go into effect, I want to say in 2021, but global pandemic. So of course, pause on that. As of now, the new date for this to go into effect. And by this, I mean needing an enhanced or a real ID in order to do any domestic traveling. Um, You have until May 3rd, 2022 to get that taken care of. Now, you can use your passport. However, I don't find myself to be the kind of traveler or the type of person, honestly, that wants to walk around with a passport. Something about a passport always seemed more, more official than a license, right? I felt like a passport was more in line with a birth certificate or a social security card for some reason. That's me personally. But I've seen people walk around with their passport as a form of um, ID, as like a, as their ID. And that always kind of weirded me out, but to each his own. But that being said, to fly domestically a year from now. So if your license is expiring between now and May 3rd and you do any kind of flying, or if you even, even if you don't fly, even if you don't see yourself now as a flyer, as a person that's going to travel domestically, right? You never know what's going to come up. And the last thing you want to do is to have just renewed your, your license, right? Your driver's license, a year into it, not be able to use that to get to fucking Georgia, to get to Florida, to get to Vegas, you know, to get to LA, wherever you want to go in this beautiful country. And I mean, aesthetically, because right now it's a lot going on that doesn't make it beautiful. But in order to travel, you're going to need that update. So Look at your look at your licenses and see when they are going to expire so that when it comes time to renew, you renew it appropriately. You would rather have it and not need it versus, you know, having to bring your passport or get to the airport and realize that you're unable to fly because your ID isn't compliant and you haven't brought your passport. So look into it now. Just get it out the way. I want to say that the fee to make it enhanced or a real ID was minimal. It was about maybe $30 or so. And I think the renewal for my license was maybe $80 or hundred. It might've been 110. I think it was like 110 to renew. It depends on the class, when you got it or something, or what am I thinking the passport? You got to look at the fees because the fees are different for everybody. So it didn't really make sense for me to look into the fees prior, but I don't remember what I paid for mine either, but I want to say that my password was like 200. And I think that the license might've been roughly that amount also. So more or less general, I'm assuming it'll probably be a little bit less for everybody, but 
look into those dates. And keep in mind, when you're traveling with your passport, you need a certain amount of time from the expiration date to travel. And it varies by country. Some countries, it's like three months. Some countries, it's six months. And what I mean by that is, let's say your passport expires in January. If you are planning on traveling um, someplace in, what's three months prior? Um, 10, October. Um, they may not let you get on if that country needs you to have, say, six months left on your passport, valid on your passport before it expires. So in your head, your passport doesn't expire until whenever I'll be back in a week, but God forbid something happens and you're stuck there. If you think about it to them, it just looks like, well, what are we going to do with you? You know what I mean? Because now you can't leave because your passport is expired. It's past the date. So makes sense if you think about it. That being said, look into where you're going and how much time or how much space you need on your passport. That's generally something you don't have to think too much about until you're getting close to it expiring. And I know within the last year, like that's something that I constantly had on my mind to um, make sure there was enough time on my passport, depending on where I was going. So let's see, I did the password, I did the ID. And another thing to note is that you can get your license renewed at AAA offices. That was major clutch for me. I actually joined AAA a couple of months ago, no, at the beginning of the year, when I got the new car, I decided to join AAA and y'all, so pleased. Because as a member of AAA, and I think I only spend like $12 a month for the two of us to have a AAA membership, uh, I want to say it's like $7 a month if it's just one person. And then there are also tiers to it. There's, let's just say gold, silver, and bronze or whatever. But I believe I have the middle tier package. I don't remember. But they basically function as a local DMD, uh, DMV location. So let me pull it up. DMV services provided by AAA to their members, so you want to be a AAA member to um, reap the benefits of these, are Real ID upgrades, enhanced driver's license upgrades, license renewals, non-driver ID card renewals, registration renewals, veteran's license designation, motorcycle service, vanity plate orders, learner's permits, plate surrenders, vehicle, boat, and snowmobile registration renewals and duplicates, and more. So if you haven't already, look into being a AAA member because not only does it allow you to skip the unpleasantries of the actual DMV, it also still gives you all the really great benefits of being a AAA member. I know I've used AAA twice in the past. The first time was maybe 10 years ago. I am generally, this isn't a wood desk, but oh, here's a coaster knock on wood, I'm pretty good with not locking my keys in the car. I generally keep a spare set stashed in my wallet so that if for some reason I did lock my keys in the car, I generally have my bag 
on my person. Like I'm not going to just walk away from my pocketbook. I'm not even really a pocketbook girl, but I'm going to walk away from my wallet. Right. So I do that. And one time I remember it was relatively late at night. I think I was like on my way to work or something when I was bartending, I was either on my way to work or on my way from work. But anyway, locked my keys in the car, had to call AAA. Thankfully I had my phone on me. I had to call AAA so that they can unlock the door and get my keys out because I did not have a spare at the time. I think, no, what may have happened was I think my house keys were on the car keys. So I couldn't even get into the house to get like to look for whatever spare I may have had. Or I think my, I don't know, it was something. I couldn't get to the fucking keys and wherever the spare was, was of no use to me at the time. So I had to call them to come let me into my car. And the second time was more recently. This was a couple weeks ago. So I ended up having drama with my car radio, but it turned into this whole thing because I didn't know that it was just the radio. Apparently a fuse went out in the radio and I've never had like, a fancy car before I've always had the newest car I had before this was like a 2011. And that's the last car I was driving. I was driving a 2011 Hyundai Sonata. I currently have a 2019 HRV. Love it. Her name is Grace. And I am very pleased with her, except for the fact that she's been a pain in my ass so far, but still, we're vibing. We're still going well because she drives so beautifully. And I love a lot of the features that she has. That being said, I had to borrow my dad's car so that I could figure out because at the time I didn't know it was just a fuse in the radio that had blown. And by the radio, that's basically the entire like middle console, like not the dash that has like your odometer, the speedometer, check engine light and all that shit. I'm talking about the radio. Like all I have is radio on the dash and then like the heat panel at the bottom. So all of that was fucked up. And while the car was in the shop, I borrowed my dad's car. Love my dad. But my dad is absolutely the description. Like if you look in the fucking dictionary, I swear there's a picture of Donald in there that represents the, I know my car. All the lights on his dash are on. He just replaced his tires, but apparently there's a slow leak in the front right tire. So many issues. But according to him, there's nothing wrong with the car. God bless him because he was there for me when I needed a car to get to work. So, you know, this ain't really me complaining, but this is low key me, you know, saying a complaint, you know, same thing, but not the same. But I ended up with a flat tire. Thank God for getting me to work safely because I drove all the way from Queens to Manhattan on the flat. We're not going to get into how that happened because he did tell me to check the tires, but a whole clusterfuck of things arose before that message and it went over my head because I was dealing with two cars that were misfunctioning at one time. That being said, I ended up safely getting where I need to go, but now I have a flat tire. I don't change tires. I'm not doing it, especially when there are millions of men in this world. I would either call my dad, call my brother, call somebody to come do it or call AAA. That's what I'm paying y'all niggas for. So I called AAA And they were able to not necessarily change the tire, but he was able to take the tire off, refill it and make sure that there were no nails. There was nothing in the tire that had punctured it and made it so that it wasn't drivable. And now mind you, I also have one of those, um, not power packs, but the thing that you can jump the car with, there's like a, I don't want to say a hybrid, but it's a, a device that'll 
charge you can charge it with it you it has like one of those hazard lights it's got an air compressor which i was trying initially trying to use to see if the car would the tire would inflate um but it was flat flat y'all so it's you you're not going to inflate a tire when it's like flat flat you gotta take that bitch off um and what else is it? Oh, and it also, it'll, you can jump the car. Like if your battery goes dead, you can jump it with the little, comes with the little clamps. So you just plug it in and choop, choop, you're good to go. So love the thing. You could probably get it on Amazon for like $50, $100. Definitely worth the investment. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. If you drive anywhere, especially if you are um, someone that doesn't necessarily have uh, all the bells and extra things to assist with things going wrong get you one always good to have and so I say that to say that I was very grateful to have had my AAA service on that day called them within 45 minutes and by 45 minutes I mean 45 minutes in Manhattan at five o'clock so to me that's relatively good time because wherever they're coming from they still had to get through the same traffic that I have to drive home through every day so they were there relatively quickly. The guy was pleasant, took the tire off, filled it with air, sent me on my way. Tip your tip your service people, by the way. I gave him a nice little tip. Um, shout out to my dad because I found the $10 in his car. So <laughs> that's where his tip came from. But definitely worth it. I have already re, I guess, I want to say re-benefited, but... I've already gotten my membership's money worth for him to come and change the tire for me. So me, D, here, big fan of AAA, definitely get one. Also, if not for nothing, so that if you need any DMV services, especially if you're thinking of renewing your license, hint, hint, nod, nod, check to see if your shit's about to expire so that you can renew it and get you an enhanced or real ID. Oh, also the enhanced ID allows you to cross land and sea borders. So you can drive to Mexico, you can drive to Canada. If you go on a cruise, you can get back in. You don't need your passport. You're good to go in terms of um, land and sea coming and going from the United States. Um, international travel, you will still need your passport book. The passport card functions as an enhanced ID at land and sea borders. However, you cannot travel internationally with a passport card. So mental note that. Um, AAA services, get it so that you can get your, um, I guess, small car services taken care of as well as substituting the DMV, but you also get a bunch of different discounts. You can get discounts on travel. You can get discounts on uh, car rentals, on like tires and shit like that. It's worth worth this little $7, $12, whatever tier you choose. Throw it in there. Even if you only do it for maybe, I don't know if you can pause or like cancel and then renew membership, but honestly, if it's, something that you're going to set and forget you you know you could possibly pay more for an app to watch tv on that you'd never use for like eight months and then only use for like you know part of the year or so you know what i mean so definitely something worth investing in you have the discounts the services and also now pseudo dmv similar to AAA is aarp so many of us don't know that you can get it at any age. It's not just for 
the retirees of the bunch. Now they definitely focus on retirees, but AAA, not AAA, AARP has a ton of different um, benefits and travel related discounts. Most of them are going to be of the domestic nature. So they'll be more applicable to travel and deals within the continental U.S. However, car rentals, cruises, flights and vacation packages, hotels and resorts, rails and tours and travel planning. And I got this little tidbit from two places. I once had a coworker tell me about this maybe five years ago. She put me on. I just never really, I don't have uh, an AARP membership, but it's one of those things that in the back of my mind, I'm going to get to. But I also heard about it from Gabby, Gabby Beckford, one of my favorite people to send y'all to as a reference. She has a really great um, article that she has on her website that I will also share in the description box for you to reference in terms of, you know, more information about the AARP card. Um, and there are not just discounts, but it, well, she says international travel discounts also, but mostly United States, Canada, UK, Caribbean, and Mexico, but that's still a lot of places. Um, oh yeah, she did a, yeah, budget travel hack you never, you've never heard of. Okay, she has here up to 30% off car rentals, 10 to 15% um, discount in select restaurants, hotel deals, example, two for one deals, 10 to 15% discounts, et cetera, participating hotels in the US, Canada, UK, and Caribbean, Mexico, discounted airport parking, and more. So I'm gonna put that link down there so that you can go more in depth of the uh, benefits that she has so graciously written out on her uh, website, really cute post, easy read, very informative. So AARP is not just for the geriatrics of us, it is for everyone. And it is definitely gonna be something that is, I won't say inexpensive just because that's subjective, right? But it's not, it's not the, the largest bill you're going to have for the month. I think it was like another $7, $12 thing. And I want to say that they do annual memberships and you get, I don't know if it's exclusive to the different tier or how long you're doing it. Like if you do a one-year membership versus a three-year membership, I don't know if that's what makes a difference, but you also get a free uh, partner, like a, a family member, um, a partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, roommate, cousin, friend, neighbor, whatever the fuck y'all want to do. But there is a, an option so that you can have an extra person, but you got to look into what that is because I didn't retain what the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, cr the criteria for that benefit actually is. So that's going to be on Gabby's site. If you want to know what that is, go to packslight.com or just go to the description box below. I also just retweeted that on my Twitter. So feel free to follow underscore D carry or T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T to um, get into me on the Twitters. Every once in a while, I think I say something cool, but you know, probably a little biased. Um, next I have on here a few reminders. This is going to be a quick one, y'all. I'm almost done. So a few reminders, travel.state.gov. That is the, um, state, well, not state of the union, but it is the, 
U.S. Department of State, and it will keep you informed with all of the different COVID requirements for different countries that you may visit. Certain countries we know require a COVID test prior to entry. Certain countries require different time frames between, you know, when you can get the COVID test and then when you can arrive. They'll let you know if there is any type of quarantine period. They'll let you know if the country is even open to tourists at this point. For some reason, I feel like Japan has not reopened to tourists. Um, but either way, travel.state.gov is the U.S. Department of State website. And it'll give you not just, you know, um, COVID information, but visa information. Do not forget that many countries still require you to have a visa for you to get off the plane and do anything in the country while you're there. In order to leave the airport, a lot of places need you to get a visa. Some visa applications are more um, detailed and more difficult to obtain. Visas also have different lengths. Some will allow you to stay for three months, three weeks. I know when I went to um, Qatar, I applied for a 72 hour visa. And what was great about flying Qatar Airways is that they had a program that, uh, what's the word, comped the visa. And that means they paid for the visa for me. And they also offered a free city tour. And there were two different types of visas for that. Like there was one that only allowed you to take the tour. So you were able to leave the airport, but you couldn't like stay overnight and you had to, you know, stay with that tour group. It wasn't like you just had free range of the, um, of the country. And you went back at the end of the tour, you went back to the airport and then you were going to be out and about. Then you have the option that I chose, which was a 72 hour visa. And that allowed me to stay overnight. I was there for about two, three days and had a great time. That was like an extended layover. And what was cool about that was they made it relatively easy to do the extended layover, right? Like I didn't need to do any kind of crazy one way, partially another way. I didn't need to do a series of one ways. Um, sometimes what I will do, if I find an itinerary that looks really interesting to me, or if I've seen but the, but the times are inconvenient, right? So I'll see, say I want to go to, well, let me just use the trip that I had. I went to, oh damn, China was another really good layover. I needed a visa for China because I stayed, um, in Shanghai there. So the way at the time that I went, don't know if this is still the same, but at the time I went, Shanghai was in one of the, I think they're considered providences, but Shanghai was in an area that depending on how you applied, you didn't necessarily, or where you were traveling, you didn't need a visa to go as an American citizen. Different areas in China, I would have needed a visa for, but it's a thing that a lot of uh, tourism boards for different countries will implement so that they can bolster and boost tourism. They'll just make it a little bit easier for you. As an American, our passport has pretty substantial weight and it's a little bit easier to go a lot of different places. That trip to Shanghai also taught me that that's not the case for everybody. I was so surprised to hear all of the requirements and the very lengthy visa process that my host in Shanghai, a native Chinese woman, 
would have had to go through for her to go to the state. She was like, it was dozens of pages. They needed like mad banking history. They needed information about the household that she lived in. I basically wanted to make sure that you weren't like a single woman with no ties to your country that was trying to visit and didn't have any reason to come home. You know what I mean? So, ooh, surprising. I was um, not necessarily... It's like when you hear about it, it's just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know why it didn't really cross my mind. I didn't really give it too much thought prior to having her bring the conversation up and us having that discussion. Uh, back to the notes. Um, so yeah, definitely check out the um, travel.state.gov site so that you can be certain about the COVID restrictions as well as the... Um, visa information that you may need. You can also find out any immunizations that are going to be required of you to travel in that area or that will just keep you safer while in that area. It's got a lot of really good information for you to keep in mind, let you know where the embassies are in the countries that you're going to. And what I found is that when you're looking to travel, they're also a pretty good resource in terms of telling you where there are COVID, um, test sites available in different countries. So far, I was looking at a couple different destinations and I'm seeing that airports that, um, seem to have them, but I'm not too familiar. I haven't left the country, obviously, because I just got my password back, but I'm not that familiar with all the different um, places to get your COVID tests in, like to comply with the requirements to get that ass back home to the United States. That being said, look into the resort that you're staying at. So I was looking into a trip to Panama and I saw a really cute little spot on the beach and it was actually, and this was an Airbnb and it was right next to a resort. I forgot what the name of the hotel was, but they basically shared that beach and the resort was offering COVID tests. So I don't know if you need to be a guest at the resort and whether or not you would have to pay as a guest or if it's even an option for you just as a general tourist to go in and pay the resort to get your COVID test done. So that is something to consider if you are traveling out of the country and are looking to get your COVID testing to return home. Look into the hotel, the place that you're um, staying at. I would also consider asking if you're staying at an Airbnb, ask your host if they've, you know, looked at, and then also, you know, ask them if they know where any of their other guests if they're American, or even if you need, I don't know if you need a COVID test to get back into France. Like that's not something I'm familiar with because the bitch ain't French. But that being said, ask. They actually may know some place that you can get a COVID test for you to return. Um, so that's worth looking into. Also, as of note, they did remove the mask mandate on planes and most public transportation. However, who knows how long that's going to last because there are some agencies, I forgot who it was, but saw that on Twitter earlier. Some agencies are looking to strike that down. There's an actual word for it. Can't remember that right now either, but that may not stay the case. You will not see my face in anybody's airplane or airport. I will be 
still strong KN95 masking it, not even cloth mask. Um, but yeah, I'm good on that. Y'all not going to see my face. Do as you must. Your face is yours, but I don't need your germs. Uh, so definitely look into whether or not your host can help check that the airport is, um, offering them. And then also consider where in the airport are they offering this? It's got to be done the day before you fly out. Right? So, well, at least a day before you fly out, I'm pretty sure that if you got it done same day, they ain't going to give you no smoke. But again, I haven't left the country. I'm not exactly intending to leave the country. Um, anytime soon. So I can't definitively tell you yes or no, but I'm pretty certain that if you tested for COVID today and you were trying to fly out today, as long as you're negative, you wouldn't have any issues. But that being said, if that COVID test is beyond the checkpoint, beyond security, you can't just walk through. And if you wanted to get your test done the day before to make sure that you wouldn't have any issues, that you were indeed negative and that you were planning to fly out, how are you going to get past security without a boarding pass? You can't, you know, you're not going to be able to go. Why would you go to the airport and pass through security? I don't know. That's a good question. Can you get through security with a boarding pass? Because you can... If you check in for your flight 24 hours before your flight, your boarding pass technically works, but can you use your boarding pass more than once? That I don't know. So that's something to consider. If it is beyond security, whether or not you'll be able to get use out of your boarding pass the more than one time, I don't know. So. You may not necessarily want to rely heavily on airport COVID testing unless that is something that you get clarification on. And it's also worth noting that that might change depending on what country you are in. Look into it. For me personally, that alone has been the strongest factor on me focusing more on domestic trips than international trips. I'm not necessarily, I mean, I'm gonna get on a plane for a domestic trip. So being on a plane for an international trip isn't really bothering me at this point. What's bothering me is finding that fucking COVID test. That brings me a lot of stress. Just the idea of knowing that that's one more step that I have to think of, plan for, and time for, you know, I'm not quite there. Now, if I found the right pricing for the right trip now that I have my passport might change my mind maybe looking to dabble in in say June also if they're taking the mask mandate down maybe that COVID test re-entry requirement may um, cease and desist soon as well but I'm not sure uh, did I have anything else on here? Visas, negative tests, hotel resorts, masks. Yeah, that was pretty much it. So the beauty in this one was also keep in mind that while you use your passport, your ID, AAA, AARP cards, 
for travel, they also have use in your regular life. And that's another beautiful nuance in the ways that travel intersects with regular life. A lot of times things that are benefiting you in travel also benefit you in life. The same way we grow through travel, the same way we are able to introspect and be with ourselves differently and look at situations with a fresh and new set of eyes abroad, we can also use a lot of the services and a lot of the same little things that we keep on our hips, that we keep on our shoulders and our bags when we travel. Just because you don't need it in this moment doesn't mean you may not need it in the future. So help yourself at home and yourself and and yourself on travel by looking into the cards in your wallet, make sure they are serving you as well as they possibly can. And that's it for this week's episode. Please feel free to check travelandshippodcast.com for travel resources such as travel guides, itineraries, the solo travel planning course, which is really great for if you are ready to get back out there and solo travel or even group travel. If you're ready to plan a trip and you're having a little bit of pause because you're not really sure what you don't know, I got you covered. If you are looking to be more mindful while you are traveling these beautiful, beautiful world that we have at our disposal, I got you covered as well. I've paired up with seven incredible black women throughout wellness, and we have tapped into seven different modalities to find a very small, but very impactful way for you to be in tune with you and your experience of you while you're abroad. All that is available for you, um, travelandshippodcast.com. And if you have any questions, if you have any comments, suggestions, the listener survey is on there link for the merch, all of it on the website. Love if you guys would stop by and see if there's anything extra that I can help you with. There's also a tab for giveaways. I am going to have a little fun and update update that one for you soon because I've got something up my sleeve that I want to share with y'all soon. So check out the website. Uh, don't forget the description notes so that you can check out uh, the link to Gabby's article on AARP. And um, that's it. I hope y'all enjoyed this little quick bite. And I'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys.